That's right. Welcome to Jurassic Pod, a podcast 65 million years in the making and the fourth most popular Jurassic Park podcast on the internet. And we are actually like a 179 most popular movie review podcast in Germany. That's uh, that's official. Hey, I don't know any German, but what's up to our German fans? Yeah, German fans. Shout out. Mike, uh, it's, it's great to see you. Uh, this is a this episode's a little delayed. This is technically our season one finale. Yeah. Now this isn't going to be like a traditional ABC NBC show where the season one and then you have a full summer off and then season right. two. Our season one is going to be more like a short month break until the trailer comes and tr- until if the, the trailer d- comes. There's rumors that that it's going to be February, but we're going to take a little break until the trailer comes and then build up the Dominion. So this is technically our season one finale, but it, it really won't feel like that for the list. It's kind of like um, when the... No, never mind. It's just you lost it? I lost it. <laughs> well, Mike, I, I want to start off with a show that's something that is has nothing to do... Well, there's something to do with Jurassic Park, but it, nothing to do... I just haven't seen you in a little while. Mm. Uh, we've both been doing the holidays, yeah. struggling with sickness. Uh, be safe, everybody. Uh, but we're together, and I'm really excited. It's an exciting day because we're doing our season finale of Jurassic Pod. It's an exciting night because we're about to go see the new Scream movie. Oh, I know this is an evergreen podcast, but we're about to see Scream 5, which is very exciting. I'm very excited about this. We, uh, we watched the Scream franchise all together within a week. Right before Halloween, yeah, in, in 2014, yeah, yeah. So and way late. And we way had never late. seen it. We had never seen it. And uh, you know, shout out to our uh, former college roommates who watched it with us. Uh, what a blast! And so very excited to see the premiere of Scream tonight. Yeah, Scream, Scream, Scream Five, but technically it's just Scream. called Scream. Um, again, shifting. I'd be okay if it was a shot-for-shot shot remake. <laughs> I'd be okay with it. I'd be excited just to be in the theater. Uh, this is going to be way left field. Like you're not even going to be expecting this. Uh, so this is we're recording this in January. It's coming out in January. January, if you're not if you're from Germany, January is traditionally NFL playoffs, yeah. National Football mm-hmm. League. Uh, what's your what's your vibe with that, the National Football League? Are you a fan? Um, I know you do fantasy. Um, yeah. I've been recently kicked out of your fantasy. Sources sources have told me. Uh, yeah, the source is me and the, the information passing was I informed you that okay. you had been kicked out of the And I've league. been kicked out. But but besides fantasy, are you into NFL? What 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 excites you about NFL? I'm both... scared of where you're going to go with this, but I, I'm a Lions fan. <laughs> yes, we're both Lions fans. So as Lions fans, we are a tradition of suffering. Yes. We don't make the playoffs maybe once a decade. And when we do, it's it's usually in failure. Okay, so, you got your hand on the mouse, and I'm really worried about where this is going. So as, to, to engage with NFL, you need to create more excitement and drama and experience. So for me, and I don't know about you, Mike, the NFL is, a, is basically a drama. It is a reality show. It's about the experience that's created in the broadcast and how they talk about the NFL. I think Super Bowl, the week of the Super Bowl, is the Comic-Con for sports. It's all about the storylines. It's not even about the game. And part of the package of the story is the theme music behind the broadcast. And this is going to come back to Jurassic Park. I, I swear it is. 
I want to play you. But we're all... trying to appeal to a greater audience, <laughs> yeah. is what you're saying. I want to play the theme songs to the big national broadcasts of the NFL. Okay. I'm going to play each theme, and I want you to tell me what is your favorite. What is the best NFL football broadcast theme in America? I already have my answer, but go ahead. Okay. We're going to start out with ESPN. Okay, here we go. You know this one? Of course. Monday Night Football, ESPN. It kind of reminds you of the NFL films. So the funny thing, right here, it turns into a 1970s crime drama. Can you hear yeah, that? Yeah. It's, and that's actually what it was. It was made in the 1970s. It actually wasn't made for Monday Night Football. I'm not surprised. It's a theme created that was created for a Brit, like a British show. So, but this is pretty historic. All right, that's that's ESPN Monday Night Football. All right, ready for the next one? Yes, sir. Okay. What one is this? So I believe this is CBS. That's correct. This is the NFL on CBS theme. So what what comes to mind for me is this, is slow motion moments of the game going to commercial with Jim Nance commentating over it. Yeah. And this also is not an original theme for CBS. This was created from a famous composer. Okay. All right. Ready for the third one. Yep. Fox. And we know this we're Lions fans. Yeah, we know this because we are Lions fans. This is all the NFC games and all the U.S. Men's National Team games <laughs> in the World Cup. It's Anything the that's the Fox does soccer or it's Fox does sports. Sport. This one was made for the NFL Fox. So okay. this one was unique property made for it. All right. And then the final one. And this is where it relates to Jurassic Park. Uh, Sunday Night Football. Sunday Night Football on NBC, composed by the John Williams. So, what? what which is your favorite? Michael? Well, the Michael. Sunday Night Football is my favorite. It's the best, right? It, it John just, Williams. Yes. Yeah. Now, how does this relate to Jurassic Park? Other than the fact that John, John Williams, Williams scored them both. We're going to talk about Dominion. Now, now, picture this: we see a scene in D- Dominion. Um, it is uh, a wide shot on the Sahara Desert, mm. and there's two dinosaurs pitted against each other. Mm. And this theme starts. <laughs> <laughs> and you're looking live at the Sahara Desert, <laughs> where we have, in one corner, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yes. In the other corner, a pack of raptors. Yes. Coming in undefeated. <laughs> Who uh, will reign supreme? Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I'm Joe Buck. Oh, gosh. Welcome. And alongside me is all pro Troy Aikman. Oh. Gosh, I can't stand either of them. Well, thanks, Mike. I don't know why we needed to do that, but I felt like it was necessary. At least be like Chris Spielman or something. <sighs> Mike, uh, in front of me is a bottle of wine. And we're going to celebrate yes. the end of the season, the end of this amazing podcast season that we've had Jurassic pod to celebrate each other, the fans and what we've discussed. The wine is called 
Can you read this wine label? This wine is yeah. You know, what? let me get. Is it is it open already? No, it's okay. about to be let, open. Let me let's it's, do a. The cork is the like yes, the, mecha- the device okay. is halfway so, through. So this is from the Brown Estate Winery. Okay, and that is in Napa Valley. This is a 2019 proprietary red wine. So this is a red blend that is a proprietary blend. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, this was, uh, like I said, it's a 2019. And uh, the name of this wine is Chaos Theory. Wow. Yep. So I thought this was very fitting to have us open and and sip while we discuss Dominion, this first season of our podcast, and the Jurassic fandom as a collective. The bottle is beautiful. It's a dark bottle, and the label is in gold. The backdrop is uh, numbers and codes, and it says chaos theory. It's very beautiful. All right, I'm about to open the bottle. Let's see if I can do this gracefully without uh, interruption. This is chaos theory, everybody. Um, Ooh. are we worried about red wine on the carpet? Of course. It's a red carpet. <laughs> get some because we're here. going to a premiere tonight. Yeah. And by premiere, I just mean we, we, we're seeing it on the first day. It's a Friday opening. <laughs> Mike, can you grab that? That is your, uh, oh, glass of yes. cassidy. We're going to do a cheers here in a second. So hold <clears> off course, on that. Yeah. Um, I will say this wine, uh, has a high it has legs if uh you are wine how are the tannins there. on that well i haven't tasted it yet okay so well mike uh, uh raise your glass i have a little uh i have a little toast to you and our jurassic fandom out there and our listeners so cheers to you michael for bringing me into the world of jurassic for sharing your wonder and passion of the franchise and to our listeners in the jurassic park community that we've gotten to know this past year you are so beautiful and intelligent. Thank you for going on this journey with us through this crazy period of life and history and humanity. But in the words of Ian Malcolm, life um finds a way. Cheers, Michael. Cheers, Luke. Ah, it's been a beautiful ride. Mmm. Oh. I'm getting notes of uh, gold bloom. I'm getting notes mm. of. Must go faster. Mm. I'm getting I'm notes. Getting, um, what other notes are you getting? It's interesting. Um, this, uh, the, what I'm picking up has been extinct since the Cretaceous period. Mm. Yeah. Um, to quote Ellie Sadler. <laughs> All right, Michael. Uh, we are on a time crunch here, so yes. we will get into the goodness let's here. Do it. Uh, let's talk about Dominion. Uh, let's talk about everything we know on Dominion. So, Michael, we're both sports fans. We like yep. sports. We like sports as, media. As evident by our broadcasters, of, as we yep. started. Now, in in the sports media, there's a lot of hot takes. There's a lot of conjecture. There's mm. a lot of reports based off of sources, based off of sources, sources. And then spending three hours talking about stuff that nothing's verified on. Yep. We're not doing that. We're going to talk about Dominion like the best sports broadcasters we could possibly be. We're going to okay. talk about what we know, what the minimum of what we know. We're not going to conjecture. Yep. Maybe yeah. we will a little bit later. But let's start out with the basics. Yeah. Uh, the film is being released this year, the year of our Lord, 2022, on June 10th. Lord willing. <laughs> Lord willing. Uh, actually, yeah, nothing is guaranteed. Um, and it will be in, available on IMAX as well. Uh, the director is Colin Trevorrow. He has returned with the, and he also helped write it. Derek Conley helped write it. He was a writer on Rise of Skywalker, Kong Sky Island, 
and Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic World. And then newcomer M- Emily Carmichael, who actually wrote Battle of Bid- Big Rock, the short film, in the Pacific Rim sequel. The plot. What's reasonable to expect? Now, again, here we go. I'm using accurate sources. You can you can check my sources. We Number one, we know that dinosaurs are living among this. How do, how do we know that? The IMAX preview, the Battle of Big Rock, we know that dinosaurs are living among us based off of the Fallen Kingdom, the end of Fallen Kingdom. Number two, Empire Magazine photos have been released. In their 2022 preview issue, which comes out in February, we might know more. But we know from those photos, the photos from Chris Pratt, that we are going to have snow. We're going to have dinosaurs in the wild. Claire's going to be in a puddle in some sort of swampy area. Could be an island. We don't know. Raptors, they're going to be in a desert climate. We know that. We know there is going to be a character played by DeWanda Wise, who is a new hero. Now, reports saying it could be a whole new character. Could it be Kelly Curtis, grown up? We don't know. Unknown. No, uh, nothing I can it's be, con- be Navy SEAL. Kelly Curtis. Curtis. Nothing can be confirmed, but she's a new hero. Number three, there's going to be a lot of catching up to do with the characters in this world. Mm-hmm. They're going to be globe trotting. Pinewood Studios is involved. Snow, woods, forests, cities. This is a globe trotting film. Number five, we know Biosyn and InGen is going to be involved because of set photos we've seen of Bi- the Biosyn logo. And also because Dodson is coming in as a key character. So those are, that's kind of what we know. It's like a summary of what we know. Yep. Everything else is conjecture and we can move forward on that. We can ex- extrapolate different theories and ideas of what we want it to be. But that's what we know. But Michael, what, what how do you feel right now with what we know? I'm a little bit disappointed with what we know. Not in what we know, but in how much we know. Um, I would, I'm disappointed. Um, I understand that the pandemic has really pushed back the timeline for a lot of these things, but I'm disappointed that, um, the studio hasn't done more to, um, to market this. This is a huge major property for them and they have every, the, the film is complete. Um, and if it's not, then I'm really worried about what it's going to be like when it comes out. Now, there's there's a lot of theories, and again, this could be dated, because the next kind of big release, besides the one we're seeing tonight, which how ironic would it be if we walked into Scream tonight? And, and there was a trailer? And there was a trailer. It's not going to happen because we would have already known about yeah. it. We've already known about it this afternoon. But Morbius was kind of the next big budget release in January. That's been moved back to January. Are they going to wait? Are they not? We don't know. I think... COVID interference is a bigger plot line with this film. How does it how did it impact it in the filming? We look at the recent Spider-Man movie, all of its success. It was made during COVID. So we know that movies can be made at a high level with all these restrictions being yeah. involved. It's not necessarily affecting the the quality of a film if the writing's good, if all those elements are in peace. Well, that's really what worries me, Luke, is that's the uh, that's what I'm going to spend the first ten minutes of the movie, um, really paying the most attention to, and what I'm going to pay the most attention to in the plot. You know, uh, fifteen twenty years ago, when you would get a trailer, there was more narration yeah. than there was dialogue. In now it's totally different. So now uh, studios are giving you more dialogue in 
uh, trailers, and that's the that's what I'm going to be looking for is what is the dialogue, what is the plot, what is the, what is the trailer telling us about this movie? Because um, frankly, I have a lot of concerns coming out of, um, and we don't need to go into any of that now, but coming out of Fallen Kingdom, I have a lot of concerns about how they're going to move forward. Yeah, it, I think that's a big question is how are they going to move forward with this chaos? And we're drinking the wine chaos theory. Yes. And I think there's a lot of chaos coming out of what they created in Fallen Kingdom. Here's a question for you, Mike. Is this going to be the end game or the rise of Skywalker of this franchise? And I'm saying that I don't know if you understand that question. Is this going to be kind of the culmination of all the good work laid and kind of this celebration of all the work of the franchise? Or is this going to be a rise of Skywalker where they're basically trying to patch a broken dam um, as water spewing through? And that's that may be a harsh criticism of Rise of Skywalker, but I feel like Jurassic is in kind of the place where Star Wars was, where they've almost written themselves into a hole and they have to fix everything. But I could be totally wrong, and I'm hopeful that I'm totally wrong. But what do you think? If we're going to compare the two, I I think, um, oh my gosh, what was the second Star Wars movie's um, name? Last Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. I think The Last Jedi was an overall better film than uh, Fallen Kingdom. But um, I actually, um, I understand what you're saying, but I actually think that Fallen Kingdom left, believe it or not, left uh, Dominion with more freedom than The Last Jedi. That's true. Yeah, I, I would I would also agree with that. I think there's there's hope there, but there's a lot to be said. Let's talk about... One of the biggest questions that we probably don't know is the Maisie question. What do you think oh, they're going to do with Maisie? They, they better not screw it up. Um, gosh, I'm so critical right now. But um, it's, it's you know, we have to sometimes I like it's great because the, the Jurassic community is very positive and we got to take that positivity. I think but there's there's some fear. I think what I want to see from from Maisie um, is something about her character that shows responsibility. Yeah. Because um, if we don't, if I don't see something about her character that points to she understands the the gravity of the decision she made at the end of Fallen Kingdom, um, that's really going to upset me because she was such a strong character, and I think that, that decision that she made was so honestly it was so weak. Um, and so I really need to Child, see. Uh, it's a childlike decision. It was almost. a childlike, was a childlike decision. decision. So I, I really would like to yeah. see. Her and and I think when you look at the cast that they're bringing in, um, when they're bringing back all of these um, old people, we don't know what kind of roles they're going to have in it. But you you get this idea. I mean, the, the 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 mindset of somebody like Alan Grant is anathema to the decision that Maisie made yeah. at the end of Fallen Kingdom. There's a lot of possibilities there. There's a lot of work to be done. I think it's ironic that Derek Conley helped write Rise of Skywalker and he's on this project, but also uh, I understand hiring. Is he a, really? I, I understand hiring a writer of like, you're, it's the third film of a trilogy tied to a larger franchise. Like, you, there's we not need someone with experience with that. a budget like this too. Like, you can't just go out and no, find. No, no. Um, but I think the Maisie question is going to be big uh, because of what we know. We, we haven't seen a lot of the Trinity. So we haven't seen a lot of Ellie Sadler. Dr. Grant or Ian Malcolm, um, as far as set photos or promotional photos, uh, but they will be involved. We don't know how much, um, and we haven't seen much of Maisie, so there, there's a lot to be said. 
I think another thing that I hope to see is moving away from that nostalgia that we saw in Jurassic World to and and the formula to like something greater to going back to kind of the 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 core things that we've talked about so much this season about what makes Jurassic great and like you said earlier I think Fallen Kingdom has opened up the doors for these huge conversations about humanity about dinosaurs living among us about our decisions and we have the characters to get to those points we have adoption we have Ian Malcolm, we have Dr. Grant, we have Ellie Sadler that I think are more primed to to make those kind of like big sweeping uh, wise, maybe a monologue or decisions of like, and I don't know what those would be, honestly, because I, I, I don't really know, like, how do we react to I dinosaurs gonna, in our world? I honestly, I, I think it's going to be really hard to fit. I don't know how long this film's going to be. I'm going to guess it's going to fall in the range between 210 and 230. Probably closer um, to the two thirty, if we're if we're being honest. Yeah, and um, if honestly, if it's much longer than two thirty, I'd be pleasantly surprised, but also a little worried. But um, what I was trying to get at was, I don't think that with when you look at the cast, and still don't totally understand what kind of role somebody like Alan Grant's going to play in this. But um, I think it's going to be hard to find time to have. That's what I'm worried about. To have what you're talking about. It's the time that I'm worried about. And I guess that goes into another question or hope or interesting thing I'm looking out for is what are they going to do with Owen and Claire? Are they, it's, it, in some ways, I'm like, based off of what we know already, are they going to separate them and kind of like give, give up this like weird relationship that they're building? Which I think is it might be a good move. Like we, there's, we don't need to have more of the dynamic of them. Like, I guess they've gone through an experience as characters. I'd be more interested in seeing Owen with maybe this new character, whether it's Kelly Curtis grown up as a as a Ooh. Navy SEAL, which we need. Yes. Uh, or, or a different kind of action hero character. Like, getting the action hero characters together and getting, like, the intelligent characters together. I'm more interested in that because, like, their dynamic as as stars hasn't has been one of the biggest gaps for me and i'm okay. excited to see something different i have an issue with what you said you said let's put the action characters together and then let's put the intelligent characters together and then you assumed that i would agree that claire was one of the intelligent characters well we know she ends up in a primordial goo with a large dinosaur behind her uh which looked great i'm excited about it but uh we know she's she's in a dire situation in this film uh it's gonna happen i'm pretty freaking excited about dinosaurs in the snow and that's just a point i have and i have no other point besides that and i think that's amazing i've dinosaurs in the snow it is i mean it's novel as, as unnovel as it is it's very novel because uh so far, the dinosaurs haven't left Costa Rica, with the exception of bringing them to San Diego um, in uh, the Lost World or bringing them for auction to um, the estate. I would love a little like side jab at the whole uh, Ice Age theory. You know, kind oh. of like that contrast with like dinosaurs in the Ice Age. Leave that. I mean, is, is uh, I can't remember, is, uh, is Goldblum listed as a cast member? Yeah, of course. Then he's going to... Yeah, he's going to bring it up. Ice Age. I mean, the, the, I think just like a lot of the times contrast in film brings tension, which brings excitement, which brings revelation. Yeah. And I think just the visuals of seeing a dinosaur in snow is that contrast that 
maybe they don't even need to have a line in it. I think it's it's a it's a fun contrast. What else about Dominion excites you? I know once that trailer comes out, we're gonna get into it. But what else excites you about it besides like actually going to see a Jurassic film in theaters? I'm very excited for the the cast that they announced. Um, I mean, I have some worries about being able to do justice and bring enough screen time and allow for them to make an impact on the film. But um, I am excited just to see those characters again. Yeah, I'm too. Together. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Like Jurassic World. I could watch The Hunt for Red October and get my Alan Grant. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is a good, it's very subtle. (laughs) That is a great role. Great film. (laughs) Great film. Um, Also, watching... Watch watching Hunt for Red October and then Die Hard right afterwards oh, because wow. it's the same director. Yeah. That's a good that's a good starter <laughs> pack. That's a good Friday night for you. Wow, I think it's exciting because Jurassic World was a nostalgically driven film. There was so much nostalgia; it was fueled by nostalgia. But the the biggest thing I had a problem with that is it was nostalgia of the world of Jurassic Park, but it wasn't nostalgia of for me the most important part of Jurassic Park is the Trinity characters. Yeah. We're actually finally going to get them together. We haven't gotten them together since 1993. So this is going to be, I think, uh, surprisingly emotional. I mean, for me, it's going to be emotional to get them all together on yeah. the screen. And it's going to be huge. Cause I think we all freaked out when we, like we saw just a photo of them together. So imagine them as their characters being together at their point in life as actors, as people, and more importantly, as they live I, into those characters. I understand I understand your point. I just don't think it would have made sense to bring any of those characters back to the island. Yeah, it, it is hard, but you know, f- to to really make it hard for the listeners that ha- don't follow sports and that don't follow soccer and that don't follow the Premier League, as a Tottenham fan, just seeing Gareth Bale on the field again with a Tottenham jersey. Mm fulfilled any kind of joy and hope I had for the last season. I last yeah. season, yeah. Um, even though it, it does, it failed disastrously just seeing him on the field in the Spurs Jersey scoring a goal um, was enough for me. Yeah. And I kind of feel that way about <laughs> Sadler yeah. and Malcolm. Yeah. Which is, that's a low standard, but that's kind of how I feel. All right. Yeah, Tottenham is a low standard. You're right. All right. Let's let's move away from the sports talk and move away to kind of this overarching discussion, Mike, that I want to talk about our season one. Uh, what have you learned from this journey of Jurassic Pod in doing this? Like, what, what stands out to you? I definitely learned that the diehard fans uh, were in greater number than I assumed. Um, I have a hard time believing, and I do this with, like, music artists a lot, like when I think of somebody like Ariana Grande, okay, just yeah. to be j- just uh, arbitrarily, um, I'm like, yeah, sure, she has fans, but like, who really says Ariana Grande is their favorite like artist? Like, it's, I usually, um, and that's just, I mean, that's personal. I'm sure someone there's an Ariana Grande fan listening to be like, uh, who wouldn't say? <laughs> who wouldn't say that? So yeah. I, that that was kind of my idea with Jurassic Park is. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure Jurassic Park has a lot of fans like me who love the film, but like, uh, I was just surprised at how many people not only thought of Jurassic Park as their famous, as their favorite film, but, um, I mean, uh, Steven is, says Jurassic Park three 
is his favorite yeah. films. Yeah, so, so you can go deeper. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I just thought that, that was really interesting. I agree. I think the coolest part of this journey has been meeting the community of Jurassic Park fans and one, letting them just kind of let us be a part of it and welcoming us. I think I've said this before on our podcast, but I'll reiterate it in this kind of looking back episode of the idea that there's a lot of big franchise fan bases out there. There's a lot of toxic toxicity in those fan bases from Star Wars, to the comic yeah. book movies, what name it. There's a lot of toxicity. There's a lot of passion, but also with that passion comes a lot of, I don't know, anger and violence and yeah. like internet violence, like internet violence is a weird term, but to see the Jurassic Park community, how, from what I can see are so loving and welcoming and almost like accepting of everything that's in the Jurassic Park canon. Yeah. The good and the bad and the absurd and the weird yeah. and like accepting it and loving it for what it is and just celebrating it. And I think that's, it's been so beautiful and refreshing for me yeah. as a fan of different genres and franchises like it's made me love jurassic more than i think i ever would have if we didn't go down this journey together yeah i think with what you find with other major film franchises that possess some of that toxicity um is that there are such um powerful storylines people have such strong opinions about them and it's not so the movies aren't necessarily fun some of the marvel movies are but um uh i mean in star wars like none of it is fun necessarily it's it, it's highly entertaining there's a lot of weight to it and um yeah. but in jurassic park uh it, it's just fun and i that's what i get from the community i think that's what you're speaking to is these there's no toxicity because everyone is just having fun with it yeah and it's it's interesting it's almost like there's this weird not weird weird's the wrong word excuse me there's this unique relationship to the aspect of Jurassic is founded on this story of a theme park. Yeah. And there's a lot of connection with the, you know, yeah. theme park aficionados too, Yeah, which is a whole nother than their story. And there's almost like that, that acceptance of wonder, like you accept all the weirdness in the chaos in the technicality of what a theme park is like, just go on Defunct Land and watch the Fast Pass documentary oh. episode. Uh, shout out to shout, shout out to Kevin Perger. I, I see. I watched that and I said, "Why would anybody want to ever go to a theme park?" But oh. then I also understood there's this beauty in this culture around the obsessiveness of like the gamification of making yeah. it efficient. And I kind of see that there's this 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 beautiful celebration of what Jurassic is, and I think it comes back to this this acceptance of childlike wonder of dinosaurs. Yeah. And I think that there's a core of that part of like the acceptance of dinosaurs and science and discovery. That's really pure. And I feel like everybody always falls back to that. Even if you're upset about like what happened with Claire and Jurassic world or what happened sure. with Owen and fallen kingdom or Raptor tears or whatever, like there's this acceptance of the wonder of dinosaurs, discovery, science, wonder, imagination that, the Jurassic fandom has always fallen back towards and has always been committed to. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And that's what I've appreciated. Yep. All right, Mike, we'll, we're going to wrap it up here because we could talk all day, but we have to go to another beautiful franchise, the Scream franchise shortly. What's one, the biggest thing you've learned through our experience in season one of Jurassic Park? What's like the number of thing you've learned? 
I didn't realize I didn't like Jurassic World as much as I remembered. Um, I really had <laughs> fond memories of it and rewatching it. Um, and I think you just come with a different mindset. You watch something for the second time, but I just ha- was really critical of it. I think what I learned is that Jurassic Park 3 is a much, much, much better film. 100%. Than that should have been it. People have ever realized. Yeah. And and you know what? All credit to Stephen for digging into that film and really highlighting the the great parts of it. Yeah. And I think it was interesting because we, like, we watched Jurassic Park 3 and I think we already came to that conclusion and yeah. then stuck on Sorna like doubled down on like yes this is a fun film like yeah. in a world of like we're in a world of world building and franchises and all these corporate entities Jurassic Park 3 is just a fun adventure movie that yeah. just is short and fast and quick and like hits all the points it's a perfect TV movie and is also hilarious and weird it has like fun moments exciting moments but also silly moments yeah. that is rewatchable and is comforting and I think that was one of the biggest takeaways Besides all the beauty and the fans and um, all the goodness that we've we've come through season one and all the amazing guests, which we have to thank all of our guests have have been on the pa- podcast um, all the way from JD to Greg to Zach, uh, Daniel Stefan from um, Stuck on Sorna to our uh, patron saint of the podcast, Brad Jost to Megan, uh, Jay, Jim. Am I missing anybody? All of our guests. Oh, our wives. Megan? Our wives. Our wives, yeah. <laughs> Lest we forget. Yeah. And to you, Mike, thank you. Yeah. And uh, also an apology. Um, now am I, Now I'm realizing that I was saying uh, Dan's name wrong the whole time. That's okay. I'll <laughs> <laughs> he almost has a two first name. It's, it's hard. <laughs> All right, listeners, stick with us. We will take a short break. Uh, but season two is going to come around the corner literally as soon as the trailer right. comes out. Uh, what we're going to do is we're probably going to hit on a lot of similar topics uh, that we've talked about in season one, but we want to hear from you. Uh, what do you want us to talk about leading up to Dominion? Uh, what aspects of the franchise do you want us to cover besides Camp Cretaceous? We will cover Camp Cretaceous. We'll get to it. Okay. Uh, uh, Mike paid me $5 not to bring up our, our segment of Camp Cretaceous. We'll cover that in season two. But what else do you want in season two? Please let us know on our website, com. Click on the sexy Jeff Goldblum to hear your voice. Hit me up at Luke H. Ferris. That's L-U-K-E-H-F-E-R-R-I-S on Twitter. We also have a new kind of subterfuge Twitter account at InGenHR. That's at InGenHR. It is a satirical account of the Human Resources Department at InGen. So follow us there. It hasn't been very active, but it's active enough for a laugh or two. Yeah, we'll fire fire back up. Uh, So please let us know what you want us to cover in season two. We probably will get to maybe video games, the films that inspire Jurassic Park or our spiritual brethren and sisterin, maybe not a word, of Jurassic Park. It just that that build up to Dominion is going to be hype. Yep. We'll get some some of your favorite returning guests back, and just literally season two is also going tell to be, us what guests like yeah. if there was a guest that you really wish yeah could it, we could have talked to for an hour or a half hour longer we tell would us. love to go deeper. Uh, all roads are are going to be leading to Dominion, so it's it's going to be excited. We're going to try to get a Dominion exclusive 
That could look very different in different ways, but we're going to give you a all Maybe we pass. should play Dominion with people and talk about the Dominion trailer. No. <laughs> Is there a good, like, uh, Jurassic Park, like, tabletop game ever been made? If there's anyone that would know, Brad Joseph would know. Just would know. Thank you, friends. Again, follow us, uh, support us, but more importantly, stay safe, stay healthy, and thank you for supporting Jurassic Pod through our season one. We will talk to you very soon. Dig up, dig up dinosaurs.